This is According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell, McPherson's sports talk show. Every time they win, you owe me a Woo Pig Suey. Woo Pig Suey. Woo Pig Suey. Listen Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. We the North are now we the champions. The Raptors, the 2019 NBA champs. According to Jim is your home for the McPherson Bullpups. They want the wheel round. Jace Kinnaman down the near sideline. Can he track it down? Yes! Jace Kinnaman is a 10, 5, touchdown Bullpup! Everything happening in the sports world. Here comes McCready. Oh, he just sucked the gravity right out of the building. What a play by T-Man. And even some things not happening in the sports world. So are you not a fan of, of your athletes on your teams going on The Bachelor or Bachelorette? I don't care. I don't watch it. I don't care. Now it's time for According to Jim. Here's Jim Joyner and Steve Sell. Let's do this thing. Another edition of According to Jim right here on 96.7 FM KBBE. Or for those of you listening online, worldwide, at midkansasonline.com. I'm Jim Joyner. Joining me as always, the most popular man in McPherson. He's very excited for today's show, Mr. Steve Sell. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Steve, we've got a lot of busy things and a lot of things coming up tomorrow on the show. I know you have been heavily anticipating tomorrow's show to dive into maybe one of your favorite people, in the entire world? One of my favorite people? Yeah, Jason Brown. One of well, your closest friends. Yeah, right. At Last Chance U, the Indie Pirates. I did finish watching. So you're, you're done. I'm done. So we're both done. We're both done. That means that we have completed our goals, and we're going to be ready to talk about all of that tomorrow. What do you think about a Last Chance U, like at the radio station? What do you think they would get out of us if they just followed us around all day? I don't think they'd get a whole lot. Do you think that you would be they a little would be less very, profane? They'd be very, they profane? Yeah, I'm not profane. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, so somebody asked Steve whenever he goes out to the golf course if he's ever dropped some four well, letter language. Well, at the golf course, that's a different story. Well, they're following you around all the time. This well, is not just whenever you want them to be there. Yeah, they're going to your house. Well, they're I, going to the golf course. They're going everywhere, Steve. There, I would be very boring. There, there wouldn't be a whole lot they'd get out of me. I'm. I just put my nose to the grindstone and do my work. You just work extremely hard. I do. So we get to talk about Last Chance U tomorrow. We will also make a huge announcement. Big announcement. Huge announcement. Huge. Steve is leaving for three months on a sabbatical to go to Europe. No. <laughs> maybe maybe that's the announcement. Who knows? It could be I barely anything. leave McPherson, much less go to Europe. If you were going to go to Europe, where would you go? Where would be your first place where you're like, I want to spend some time there? Switzerland. Switzerland. Why Switzerland? Because it's neutral, and, and it just seems like it's a nice place. Can you name me one city in the country of Switzerland? Zurich. Okay. Can you name me one other? No. I figured that it would be tough. What about Geneva? The convention. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Bern. Okay. Lugano. Don't know. All sorts of great Swiss cities. So you yeah. think you would go to Switzerland? Yeah. Okay. I could see it. So Sweden, th- th- Sweden would be nice. Sweden would be nice. Yeah. You could be... you could tell everybody that you're here. And a lot that of you... golfers. 
in Sweden. Yeah, that's true. You and Henrik Stenson. I, I think the I don't think the uh, sun stays up very long in Sweden though. I think it? at certain times of the year. Yeah, certain times of the year. It gets the a little sun, scary. It's only like six hours a day or something like. Be that. tough for your golf game. It'd be great for my napping. Though. It would be really well, good for your napping. I could take a napping. lot of good naps in Sweden. Well, Steve, on today's show, we have a very special guest, and I think you and I are both very excited about this interview. We recorded it yesterday because we had to meet some scheduling and and were able to get this recorded, but we're going to talk here in just a minute with Brett Marshall, who is one of the writers and the main coordinator for the new book that's coming out, Under the Lights, 50 Years of the Keisha Football Playoffs. This book is just loaded with all sorts of stories from some of the great Kansas high school football programs over the years, and I learned a lot from Brett in, in talking to him about this, and I'm really excited for the book to get here well, if you're in a, the next about three weeks. If you're a weeks. fan of high school football, this is a must. I mean, it's only $15 if you order now. Have uh, you posted the link? I have not posted the Come link Come on, yet. Steve. Well, I, but uh, anyway, um, if you're a big fan of Kansas high school football anywhere around the state, uh, for it, it's well worth it. I know the people that worked on this book. I've worked with those people. It'll be very high quality. Uh, there's a chapter on Tom Young. That's that, right. Right there. That'd be worth me, you know, buying the book. I think you bought the book, so I'll just read it. So you'll just mooch it off of me. Yeah, I'm like my friend Moochie Dunn used to be. But, yeah. But uh, anyway, if you're a big fan of high school football, it's a must read. There are all sorts of chapters, and there was a press release that came out, so Maybe, Steve, I can forward that to you, and you post it up at Mid-Kansas Online, detailing some of the chapters that will be in this book. It's also got all of the record books in it, too, with who won the state championship in every single year, where the games were played. For people like me that like reading things like that... You're a stats and and numbers I almost have to have it. You're a stat and numbers geek. I mean, you really... You just crunch numbers all the time. If I don't have it in my hands, then I think I'll... Get a little nervous, a little queasy. All right, Steve, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll dive into this book with Brett Marshall. We'll do that next. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, The Fieldhouse Grill and Taps, Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson, Next Tech Wireless, and Farmers State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 12.30 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Joining us on this afternoon's show is one of the writers and coordinators of the new book that will be coming out this fall, Under the Lights, 50 Years of the Keisha Football Playoffs. And that is Brett Marshall, a longtime sports writer in this state. Brett, we're excited to have you on today to talk about this book and this really special project that you have going. Well, Jim, I appreciate uh, the opportunity to be on the air. And uh, there's a lot of great sports fans in Central Kansas. Uh, you know, five of my five of my years in sports writing was with the Hutchinson News, and two was the Salina Journal. So we kind of had McPherson sandwiched uh, around us uh, for seven years of my writing career. So. Very familiar with the Bullpups and all the things that they've accomplished through the years. You know, they've had some great athletics uh, teams and, uh, and some great athletes, too. 
Well, Jim, Brett and I go way back. I think uh, I think he was at Hutch maybe when I started in McPherson. So uh, we've both been around the scene for a long time. And, and Brett and I also share a real passion for golf. He was a former director of the Kansas Golf Association. I think he, I think he went up to Michigan at some point and was up there doing some golf work. But uh, you found your way back to Kansas. And, and uh, talk about that transition. Well, the transition from uh, sports writing to golf administration happened when I was in Salina, and I was actually trying to qualify in 1984 for the state amateur of Prairie Dunes in Hutchinson, where I used to uh, belong, and I didn't have a particularly good day in the qualifying round at Salina Country Club, (laughs) but the president of the KGA at the time was was Jim Knight, who owned Knight Sporting Goods up there uh, with his sons, and he he was trying to console me, and he said, would you be interested in looking at a, a job with the golf association? And they were going to look to have a first-time, full-time director. So I said, sure. And so a month later, I was interviewing for the job. And, you know, two weeks after that, I got hired and moved to Lawrence and spent eight years with the KGA. And then I spent seven years with the golf association in Michigan and finished that part of my career up in 2000, and then I had some friends that were in the book publishing business up there, and kind of got involved with that, and then, so I did that for a few years, and then I moved back to Garden City in 2008, um, and spent 10 years with the Garden City Telegram, uh, doing this, being the sports editor there, and retired full-time from there last September, and have been doing some freelance writing, and and uh, taking on uh, this project with the uh, High School Activities Association, which has been a, a real labor of love so far. Well, Brett, one of the things that stood out to me when I first saw the list of chapters, we got a press release on this a couple of weeks ago, and one of the first things that stood out to me was talking about the Kansas playoff system before 1969, because that's pretty much when the normal playoffs, or at least some semblance of a normal playoffs, begin. In your research, what did you end up finding out a little bit about the playoff system before 1969 and where it's gone until today? Well, there were no playoffs as we know them today prior to 1969. You know, everybody played nine games or, or eight games typically. Some of them even played seven games during the regular season, and then the season was over right around that first week of November. Uh, so, but tracing back, you know, the early uh, discussions, at least from the activities associations board minutes, uh, told me that they first had some formal discussions all the way back to 1964. And then there was like a vote later that year in 64 and another vote in 1966 where the board of directors of the activity association unanimously voted not to have playoffs. And so there was an uphill battle, I think, for about five years before they were able to put together a system that, that everybody could buy into, uh, could agree to, and and then get voted on first by the Activities Association board and the, and the member schools. But also it had to go through what the position at the time was called the superintendent of education for the state of Kansas. And he had to give his stamp of approval to the playoffs. So it was a it was a long time coming. But, you know, the committee that they had formed, you know, to look at the playoff system was a big committee. It was comprised of superintendents, principals, athletic directors, coaches. Uh, president of the Kansas Coaches Association, members of boards of education through, throughout the state. So it was a really, you know, very uh, well-organized committee, a lot of knowledgeable people about football. And, you know, what I took away from the discussions with people that were involved in it at the time was that uh, 
travel and loss of school time were some of the main stumbling blocks to get people over the over the hump to to agree to have state playoffs and and those are still some of the issues that we see today you know uh that in some cases today with the way the playoffs are set up in certain classes you know you're traveling hundreds of miles to play a second or third you know third round game even before you get to a state championship game Brett I always wondered uh, you know I was from Independence Kansas growing up and as you're probably well aware, uh, before 1969, Independence at one point had the longest winning streak in the state uh, in high school football. I think it was from about 57 to 62. I think the Independence won 49 in a row. And I always kind of wondered how the Bulldogs would have fared around the state, but just didn't get that opportunity to see what they could do. Well, Steve, you're right. I mean, you know, Lawrence High uh, under Al Woolard had a lot of great uh, teams back then. Um, what I also found going back is, you know, from 64 to 68 on average, there was somewhere between 17 and 22 or 23 undefeated football teams every single season. And so, you know, the Associated Press, the Topeka Capital Journal, the Wichita Eagle, they all kind of declared their own mythical champions in, you know, the different classifications, I think, because back then you only had four classes. You had double A was the biggest, A, and then you had B and double B. And, of course, within double B, you had teams that were still playing eight-man football at the time. So, you know, just, you know, everybody said, well, we're the best. And somebody else would say, no, we're the best. And, you know, Kay Pierce, uh, who uh, most people recognize his name as being the football administrator for the Activities Association for a number of years, but then became their executive director, too, he was uh, coaching at Salina High football before Salina South came into existence, and he was also president of the Kansas Coaches Association. And he shared with me that uh, he could remember at one of the coaches' uh, August clinics that they had that a number of the co- football coaches were sitting around at the end of the day, uh, maybe maybe doing some 12-ounce curls perhaps, uh, that uh, they all were talking about, well, why don't we try to put together something, you know, for postseason so we can actually determine the state champion on the field. And that's, I think that's kind of where the dialogue actually started, uh, at least at some level, to get something organized. And like I said, you know, it took, it took quite a while to get the approval done. And, but once they got it in place and the first two years, they had an incredibly complicated uh, system, uh, and it was hard for people to understand, and most most schools didn't even know where they stood with the with the points that they were totaling up during the season until the the ninth game was over. And so it was hard to know whether you were even going to make the playoffs at the beginning, because there were only four schools that qualified, you know, in 4A, 3A, 2A, 1A, and 8-man, and only two schools in 5A at the time, because 5A then only had 16 schools in it. So... Very few teams made the playoffs in those early years. And, uh, you know, somebody asked me, you know, big picture, what do I take away from the project? And I told him, I said, from four schools to and two schools making the playoffs, everybody now has a chance to go through district play or, you know, the higher classifications now. They seed you after eight games and, and put you in a bracket and you get a chance to play it on the field and see who gets all the way to the championship. And I don't really think you could ask a whole lot more than, than that. So the evolution of the playoff system to me is that, you know, we have the best playoff system that they've ever had. It may not be perfect, but it's, it's better than anything they've ever had over the last 50 years. 
We're talking with Brett Marshall, who is one of the writers and lead coordinators for this project, Under the Lights, 50 Years of Keisha Football Playoffs, and the book that is coming out later this year. Brett, one of the chapters that, of course, stood out to anybody here in McPherson is the chapter that is all about Tom Young, who was the Bullpups coach from 2006 until 2014. Of course, he's number two all-time in the state and wins with 343 state championships at almost every stop along the way. What did you get to learn about Coach Young and your time writing that chapter on him? Well, it's interesting because uh, Tom was coaching at Wellington when I was uh, writing for the Hutchinson News, and they were both members of the Art Valley League at the time. And so I actually had a chance to cover some of their games. And, of course, at the time, Hutchinson wasn't very good, and Wellington was very good. And so I knew back then that he was a really good coach, you know, I don't think, you know, I had any idea, you know, how good a coach, you know, he would become over the years. Uh, and probably at that point, I didn't even realize that he'd won a state 2A championship in Hanover, you know, either. So, you know, historically putting it into perspective, you know, he's got to be one of the, you know, four to six great coaches that Kansas has ever had. And, you know, proving to, to win at different schools, you know, and at different sizes schools. You know, he's the only coach that's won three championships at three different schools in three different classifications. So he's got his own fraternity. And, you know, I think he kind of knew that when I when I was able to get him on the phone. But to put it in perspective, there's only there's only four other coaches that have won at two different schools. You know, so and and they and it's not different classifications. So, you know, he really, you know, has proven that wherever he goes, he, he knows how to put together a winning program. And, uh, you know, it's a lot of credit to him and his staff that he would always have. But he would he would be the first to tell you he had great kids at all three schools. And uh, and I think that's the thing that I took away from my conversation with him is that he felt very fortunate to have great kids who had great work ethic. And one thing about Tom Brett is that uh, he told me, I don't know if he told you this, he enjoyed practice maybe even more than the games. He loved teaching football. And the interesting thing about Tom Young and all the years I covered him, I never once saw him raise his voice. Everything was in a quiet demeanor. He had the respect of the kids. and In fact, you know, the kids, it was just like they were kind of in awe of him. But he never had to raise his voice. He just, you know, he was just very uh, calm on the sideline, and his teams reflected that. Well, I think you're right. You know, I'm just looking, you know, at the text from the chapter that I did on him and you know, what comes to mind is, you know, he was there nine years in McPherson. They made the semifinals once, um, but they lost to Hutchinson, who was going through their big run, you know, at the time in 5 and 6A. And, um, you know, they made the quarterfinals a couple of times, you know, during his nine years. McPherson was 7 and 9 in the postseason. But I went back and looked and, and looked at who they played in that time that he was there, and they lost to Salina Central in the first round. They lost to Salina Central in the second round. They lost to Hutchinson in the semifinals. They lost a, a, a heartbreaker to Emporia in the first round in 09. Uh, they lost to Bishop Carroll in the second round. They lost to Cape and Mount Carmel in the first round by a point. You know, they lost to Holton by four points in the third round in 4A. They lost to Andale, uh, who I think won the state championship that year, and they lost to a good Mulvane team, you know, his last year by three points. So it looks to me like every time he was in the playoffs, whether they won the game or what the games they, they didn't win, they were right in the game all the way to the very end, it seemed like to me. 
Well, Brett, I know with talking with you and you getting to interview a ton of different coaches and players and people that have reflected on their time of playing high school football and being around those state championship Saturdays, I wanted to ask you if you got any other opinions from people while putting this project together that maybe talked about state championship Saturday and maybe to a point where, as a state, we could, instead of having eight or however many classes there are, different state championship games at different sites at the same time, that maybe at some point we could turn it into one different site with one weekend of state championships. Did you hear anybody talking about that in putting together this project? Well, I did. Uh, you know, there was a time frame, you know, where, you know, K-State and KU both hosted, you know, two state championship games uh, on the same day. And so it's been done to a certain uh, degree. Obviously, eight-man has to be kind of its own deal because of the field size. Um, but I I sense, uh, you know, some openness by the Kesha staff to to discuss the possibility of going back, you know, to, you know, one or two or maybe three sites, you know, down the road. I think they're open to that dialogue uh, for the simple reason it's becoming harder and harder for the media outlets across the state to be able to cover all of them, you know, with the staff sizes that everybody, you know, has these days. So I think they're trying to figure that part out. I think they're trying to figure out, you know, okay, what do, what does the attendance look like? you know, at six or seven different sites versus what would the attendance be like if you were at two or two or three sites. And so that all has to do with, you know, gate receipts and things like that. So it all plays into a different dialogue. And, you know, I agree. I mean, I don't think there's anything I'd like more than to see three or four games, you know, in a given year. I mean, part of the time that I lived in Michigan, you know, I went to the football championships at Ford Field, which were indoors, uh, you know, where the Lions play. But, you know, they'd, they'd start games at 9 or 10 o'clock in the morning on Saturday, and then they would start games at 1 o'clock or noon on Sunday, and they'd finish up in two days with about six or seven classes. You know, so uh, it can be done. I, I think it just, you know, it, it takes a lot of scrutiny. It takes a lot of thought process to, to go through. And, you know, I think uh, the staff that uh, they have at the Activity Association now with Bill Fathlick, you know, who would, who was at Wichita School District for many years, he's now the executive director. I see really a lot of neat ideas, you know, that are out on the discussion table, uh, you know, and some progressive ideas, you know, that as they look ahead to say, how can we do things better? And I don't think that they're looking at saying, well, we've done it this way forever, so we're just going to stay that way. I think they're looking at a lot of different options. Well, Brett, one thing I know that you are very proud of with this project, and I think Steve would be able to say some of the same things, is that you were able to include a ton of different writers that were able to cover these teams and see these championship performances and be a part of this state in the way that football has been covered, that they were the ones that were able to write and contribute to this project instead of maybe finding people that weren't there. I know that Steve probably would have been a great source for some of these things, and especially talking about Coach Young or anything else going on in this area, but I know that that was one emphasis that you wanted is to have writers that have been around this state, have been around Kansas football, to be a part of this project. Yeah, I probably missed the beat on asking Steve to do the story on Tom Young, but I, I have to tell you, I didn't even have Tom Young on my outline originally until we started making lists. 
and once I noticed, once I could see that Tom Young was kind of by himself, you know, I said, well, we need to do a chapter on him. And, you know, then I just started making phone calls around, you know, to different people. And, you know, I think McPherson's coach was able to get me in touch with Tom. And, you know, I had a, I had a great conversation with him and Steve probably would have written a better story on Tom than I did, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, when you get a Bob Lutz and a Joanna Chadwick from the Wichita Eagle, you get Brad Howyer, who wrote years at the Hutchinson News. You know, you get a Harold Bouchard and Larry Moritz at the Salina Journal. You get Brent Maycock and Rick Peterson and former uh, Capital Journal writers Rick Dean and Kevin Haskin to do chapters. And then Nick McQueen and, and Connor Nickel, who wrote for years at the Hayes Daily News. You know, all of those covered specific classifications specific teams and so yeah they wrote about the, they wrote about the teams and coaches and games that they covered and you know I, I couldn't have asked for more you know for more from that group they all contributed to it uh, they didn't ask for anything they just all chipped in they all wrote it in a timely fashion and and made my job a lot easier you know because they're all great writers and they all had great memories of, you know, of what they were writing about. And so I just think there's some really fascinating stories in there. Well, Brett, when you talk with uh, all the sports writers and things like that, did you ever come to a consensus who has had the best program in Kansas since the 1969 playoff system? I know Lawrence has to be up there, Silver Lake, Topeka, Hayden, Hutchinson, um, Capon. But is, do you get a feeling that, or is there a sense that who has had the best program in the 50 years? Well, you know, it's apples and apples or oranges and oranges, uh, Steve. I, You know, it would be hard for me to pick one program uh, because, you know, there are people who think that the 2009 Hutchinson team may have been the best team ever. There's others who think, you know, a couple of the Lawrence High teams of the late 80s, early 90s were as good as anybody. Uh, the Olathe North teams with Darren Sproles and that group, you know, when Gene Weir was coaching them, they had six championships in seven years with five teams undefeated. Um, but, you know, I, I would go back to saying, you know, a few years when Hutchinson was in 6A, they couldn't beat Salina Central. And, you know, and Salina Central and Salina South were two of the dominant 5A teams for a whole decade. Uh, you know, Liberal played in seven state championship games in a row in Class 5A and won four of them. Um, you know, Smith Center was dominant in Class 2A, 1A. You know, back then you had runs of Pittsburgh Colgan and Conway Springs and, uh, you know, the early 70s into the early 80s with uh, Eddie Crewell in Wichita Cape. And, you know, he won. I mean, Crewell won nine championships while he was at Cape and, and, and nobody's won more uh, as a coach. So, you know, there's just so many different programs, so many different coaches that were incredibly good and had great players while they were there. And, you know, I'd hate to pick out one, you know, over the others. I just think we've had a lot of really, really good football teams and a lot of great coaches and players over the years. Well, Brett, before we let you go, we want to give you a chance to plug this book. Where can we buy it? Where can we pick it up? When will it be on the shelves? Give us the walkthrough on how to go about purchasing 50 years of Keisha football playoffs under the lights. Well, if, if people uh, go online and go to the Keisha website, so that's K-S-H-S-A-A dot org, 
there should be on the front page, uh, I think it's the second item down, at least when I looked at it yesterday, there's a link that you can click on and it'll take you to the ordering page. And from now until August 30, or I'm sorry, July 31st, so about a week from tomorrow, uh, people can buy the book for $15, and that includes shipping and handling and sales tax. So they're getting a good deal through the end of the month. Uh, if they pre-order it uh, right now, it'll be direct shipped uh, to their to their home address or office address, whatever they list, and it should be shipped somewhere around the 15th of August. So it'll be out two to three weeks before the, the regular season starts. And then after, well, Brett, we after enjoyed August, having you on here today, and best of luck with promoting this book. I know you've been making your rounds all around the state, and we're glad that we had you on here today to talk about some of these stories. Well, thanks, Jim and Steve. I appreciate the opportunity, and maybe we'll have a chance to, to, to chat some more during the regular season at some point, too. That was Brett Marshall. Steve, we enjoyed that interview. A lot of fun stories that I know you remember, and not only were you in high school or at least able to remember most of these 50 years, I guess you were probably, what, 11? Whenever yeah. they instituted 12. the playoff system. Yeah, 12. That you've been able to cover Kansas high school football for a lot of this stretch, and be able to well, know act, about all these I've stories. I've actually covered high school football, if, if you count my time at Independence, before here, be 44 years. So 44 out of the 50 years. Not bad. Yeah. Getting ready for year number 41 here, though. 41 here in McPherson. You feel ready to, to amp it up? You know, 40, well, 40 you did a pretty good job. I, I'm always ready to amp it up. I'm The start of the school year is the most exciting time of the year for me because everybody's – you know, just ready to get going. Everybody's zero and zero. There's nothing bad that's happened. It's all positive. Unless you're Jason Brown. Unless you're Jason Brown, yeah. But, uh, no, I, I'm excited. And, and I always say when I don't have that excitement, that's when I know it's time to get out. And I still Oh, you're have, pumped up right now. I still have the excitement. So I uh, think you've got a lot to be excited about this fall. Oh, yeah. Yeah, in fact, I'm getting ready to write my story uh, for the Mid-Kansas Fall Sports Magazine um, about, you know, my column for the magazine and, and I'm going to, you know, it's just, there's so many different storylines. You got so many good programs in, you know, in football, basketball, soccer, tennis, volleyball, uh, cross country, everybody seems like they've really got, you know, good programs. And it's, you know, these things are, I always say they're cyclical and we're in a good cycle right now. Let's take our final break. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, The Fieldhouse Grill and Taps, Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson, Next Tech Wireless, and Farmers State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Wrapping up today's According to Jim, 96.7 FM KBBE. Steve Sell, not a big fan of ABBA. ABBA, ABBA, whatever. Why aren't you a fan of them? Uh, Dancing Queen doesn't get me too excited. They remind, you a, they remind me of you. I don't think I so. I think you could have been an ABBA. I don't think so. I don't even know what an ABBA is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Steve. Tomorrow on the show, big day. Last Chance You. We get to dive in fully to Last Chance You. For those of you that are not caught up yet, 
We've given you time. We've given you a heads up. To tomorrow's the day. Yeah. We're going to dive into it. We're going to talk all about the show. And then we've got a brand new big announcement yeah. that will be coming tomorrow as well. And I'm watching right now. I'm watching. I have it on pause, but an interview that Jason Brown, the former coach at Independence, is doing with Jason Whitlock. So I'm going to finish watching that. And- Why didn't Jason Whitlock, the former newspaper man, attack him and say, what were you doing trying to attack these newspapers? Yeah, well, he- Jason Whitlock sounds like they're great buddies. Well, that. I haven't gotten through the interview yet. I'm real curious to see what Jason Brown has to say. All right, Steve. That's what's coming up tomorrow. Big show tomorrow. Big. Circle your calendar. You bet. Enjoy the rest of your day, Steve. Will do. Wrapping up today's show for Steve Sell, I'm Jim Joyner. Thanks for listening to According to Jim. We'll talk to you tomorrow. According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell was brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, the Fieldhouse Grill and Taps, Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson, Next Tech Wireless, and Farmer State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. Make sure to listen to According to Jim every weekday from 1230 to 1 p.m. right here on 96.7 FM KBBE.